0: Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our partners, The Beautiful Game Network. You can see their stuff at bgn.fm. And Firebird Rising. You can find their stuff at firebirdrising.corair.com. And we'd also like to thank our new sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. And now, let's get on to the show. welcome to the rising is one podcast this is firebird rising managing editor jeff went here uh unfortunately dominic is not with us this week dominic is in new york uh, attending to some school business so uh back on the podcast again this week after missing out last week due to some illness uh kyle Mackey is back with us again how you doing today kyle i'm doing well
1: jeff how are you doing
0: i'm doing great uh you know, what a, what a wonderful week uh, we saw experienced for Phoenix Rising uh, over in Ecuador, uh, culminating with a, a wonderful uh, preseason-friendly match against LDU Quito. Um, for at least most of the fans who watched it, they got to see 90 minutes. Uh, for those who were watching it on Cox, uh, didn't quite get to see all of it, but those of you watching on Gold TV, the Spanish version... Uh, definitely got to see the full 90 plus a little bit extra. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I actually had both streams up, so I was, I was a little confused. It seemed like even the, uh, the Cox play-by-play commentators, they were kind of on their way and out the door before the, uh, before the word got around that it was going to penalty kicks. Yep,
0: that it was. So, uh, so let's, let's kind of jump into the match here real quick. Uh, Phoenix Rising starts out in a 4-4-2 with an interesting lineup which, which with a back line of Amadou Dia, Mike DeFont, Duigi Mala, and DeBose on the back line. And uh Kevon Lambert and Devin Vega kind of sitting in the back, uh, holding midfield positions along with Solomon Asante and Billy Forbes on the wings, and then up top you had Didier Drogba and Kevon uh, an Interesting lineup to sit out there, but two minutes into the match, unfortunately... Uh, Phoenix Rising is already on the back heel. I mean, uh, Gaston Rodriguez flashes to the middle, gets a, a header on, on a beautiful cross, and the header uh, beats Carl Wazinski, and right off the bat it's one nothing LDU, and you're going, um, where's our central defending? What happened there?
1: Yeah, and I mean, what, what popped out at me, you know, when I saw that goal and I saw the replay, it was Kavon Lambert who was defending him, which that really shouldn't have been happening, you know? So that was kind of something that I, that I saw that I was wondering, well, you know, where, where was the center back in that situation? Cause I don't, I don't think that would have been his man. Um, it, yeah, it was just one of those kind of clinical finishes, you know, they had great service into the box and I mean, Keto, we saw the speed from them early on, you know, they, they came out with their, uh, their engines ready to go and their. Pedal to the metal, so it was a really quick start from
0: them. Yeah, that it was, and not 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 especially what you're looking for from Phoenix Rising, but uh, you know, give them give them credit. They came back and fought back early in that in that first half. They got a fifth minute uh, ball with Kevon Freder got into the box, tried to cross it with nobody on the back end. Uh, Didier Drogba had a couple of free kicks, one in the tenth, one in the fourteenth minute. The one in the fourteenth was punched out for a corner, um, and then we saw who. You know, many people voted on the website uh, as the player of the match uh, for this match. Carl uh, Wazinski obviously stood on his head for about a 15-minute period there where he made four, and I count them four, beautiful saves. Uh, starts with the 22nd minute on Aranjo. 23rd minute, he stops Rodriguez. 29th minute, he stops a free kick by Alcavar and then the 32nd minute comes back with another shot by Rodriguez saved by Karl Wazinski. I, you got to believe at this point that the way Karl Wazinski played in that first half, you know, take away that goal that he really could do nothing about, I think Karl Wazinski is your number one guy.
1: I agree completely I think you know yeah the, that save after save that kind of sequence he, sh- he just showed you know he can he can be under constant pressure and still come up and make those big saves I think we've seen the experience from him especially in this season you know to come out in a game like that to where yeah we were shocked early on you know he could have easily I think you said earlier he could have easily you know gave up two more goals and we could have been you know, 3-0 at that point. So for him to, uh, you know, that one goal, yeah, it de- he was not at fault. I think that was a uh, more of a defender mistake. So, yeah, to let in that one goal, that's nothing to be disappointed with.
0: No, not disappointed at all. And you still got to give credit to Phoenix Rising. They, they did make some, some good plays, you know, in the first half. Kevon freighter got in a shot from close. Uh, it was saved in the 26 minute. Lambert hit, hits one right after that, just over the top. Billy Forbes makes a good move in the 40th minute, and get, his shot gets saved. Asante gets an attempt. His shot is saved. Uh, Billy Forbes gets another shot right towards the end of the first half. I mean, at least Phoenix Rising wasn't putting, you know, weren't trying to just deal with the pressure and just get out of there. They were trying to counter at times, and it was good to see from them.
1: Yeah, it's, it seemed like one of those end-to-end matches. You know, there really wasn't wasn't much sustained pressure from either side it was kind of one team would get the ball in very quick and then the team would recover and just go back the other way. it was a lot of back and forth and like you said we had we had a good amount of chances. they maybe weren't the, the best chances throughout the half. I think Keto definitely had the better of the chances but I mean just to just to be able to get chances in those circumstances was uh, was definitely motivating.
0: Yeah, it definitely was motivating. And, and so, you know, you get it out of the half one nothing. it's okay, not bad. It's, you know, good good for that group of guys to get that 45-minute period in there and to get just just give up the one goal. Uh, second half they come out, uh, change the formation a little bit. You saw you, you kind of saw the normal Patrice Carter on 4-2-3-1 formation in the second half. Uh, Lubin in the net, you saw uh, Victor Vasquez, Joe Farrell, Duigi Mala stayed in the game. And then uh, Cody Wakasa along the back line. You saw Evan Waldrop and Colin Fernandez as you're holding mids uh, with a middle three of Alessandro Regi, Gladson Huaco, Jason Johnson. And then Didier Drogba stayed up in the top, stayed up for another 20 minutes uh, to play in the second half. Obviously, the bad thing is seven minutes into the second half, uh, Anna Ronjo scores for LDU, and all of a sudden it's two nothing, and you're thinking. Didn't we just experience this in the first half, and here we go again?
1: Yeah, it, you know, it kind of did give a flashback to that first half. It <laughs> was kind of one of those quick goals, you know, ca- caught our uh, defense sleeping, and yeah, we were down two nil, two nil early on. So it was kind of a kind of a bit of a shock.
0: Yeah, but credit, credit the resolve of Phoenix Rising. Uh, come back two minutes later, Didier Drogba gets a free kick uh, about twenty five yards outside the box, and. Didier works his magic once again whips the whips the the free kick in it hits off the de, The central defender uh, off his head and gets skips past the goaltender and all of a sudden it's 2-1 again, you know The kind of thing that you always expect from Didier Drogba
1: Yeah, you know it, it, it it's kind of a it's kind of a blessing to have that, you know. It's not every player you can count on their quality in any kind of free kick situation that they could come through with a goal. But, you know, that's that's the kind of quality player he is, and we'll, we'll uh, appreciate him while we have it.
0: Yep. But, uh, you know, just as as much as Carl Wasinski uh, did a lot of good things in the first half, Zach Lubin did a lot of the good things in the second half. Uh, 70th minute, a Riasco shot, Lubin makes a save. 72nd minute, Riasco makes a shot, Lubin knocks it out for another corner. Uh, 76th minute, Riasco gets another shot off and short sides it, but Lubin was there to cover it. 79th minute, Arango gets a shot off that's saved by Lubin. I mean, you gotta feel really good about your goaltending situation when you've got two guys, two solid guys on this roster. Who can and do the things that they were doing uh, against LDU?
1: Sure, I mean I, I think that we're one of those teams in the uh, USL that's going to be blessed. We we have two goalies that could start on I think just about any team in the league. Um, I I really really think Waz is still going to be the starter, but I mean if you know if he were to have a few mistakes early on or some something else happen. We could easily see Lubin fill in, and I don't think uh, I don't think he'd miss a beat.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'd miss a beat either, you know. It's great great to be able to have two goaltenders of that quality to be on this roster and, and to look forward to that during the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's one reason I think an open cup run is uh, definitely in the cards, you know. If, if with this kind of depth that we've built, I think we could take on a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Well, it get, gets down to the crunch time, and obviously 83rd minute, uh, off of a corner from Colin Fernandez, Joe Farrell right in the middle, right place, right time, puts a header on it, gets it past the goalkeeper, and it's 2-2 all of a sudden. It's, now you're thinking, hey, a draw is going to be great result coming out of here.
1: I didn't even see it coming. You know, when we were down 2-0, I was thinking, oh, man, let's let's keep it respectable and not, you know, maybe get one back and go out 2-1. To be able to get two goals and – you know, those last 35 minutes, that was that was so exciting as a fan to get to watch and experience
0: that. Yeah, it was. I mean, and then, you know, defend off one last effort from from LDU at the at the end there, 5 minutes from closing. Uh we were able to do that without a problem. So you're going in, it's a 2-2 two, two draw, and you're thinking game over, everybody's happy, result's good. Cox is saying, "Thank you for joining us. Have a great night." <laughs> well, guess what? If you were watching Spanish telecast on Goal TV's website, you got to see penalty kicks. <laughs> Can't ask for anything better in the preseason, of course.
1: No, I, it was it was a pleasant surprise, you know, and I, I think this is, this, you know, we kind of saw how penalty kicks affected us at the end of the season last year. So to start off early in the preseason and have to go through that, you know, that's that's just going to be something we can grow
0: from. Yep, that it is. So we'll go through the penalty kicks. LDU in the first round, misses their penalty kick. Chris Cortez steps up for Phoenix Rising. He hits his. Phoenix Rising up 1-0 after a round. LDU comes up in the second round, hits their penalty kick. Gladson Iwako steps up for Phoenix Rising in the second round to hit his. He misses, so we're back to 1-1 now. Round three, LDU steps up, misses their penalty kick. Alessandro Rigi steps up for Phoenix Rising. He can't convert, so it stays 1-1 after three rounds. Get to round four, LDU steps up, hits their penalty kick. Jason Johnson steps up for Phoenix Rising, avenges his penalty kick from, from last week in Tucson, uh, gets his past the goaltender, it's now 2-2. Two, two. LDU steps up, hits theirs to make it 3-2 in the fifth round. Colin Fernandez steps up to try to tie it and keep, to extend it. Unfortunately, he misses his, so LDU won 3-2 on penalty kicks. It's okay to get it through in the beginning of the season. It's nice to see Jason Johnson avenge his penalty kick from earlier uh, in the preseason. But I think a lot of times I think we'll know who the penalty takers will be, but obviously, you know, let's get that experience out of the way now.
1: Well, and we had a lot of the guys that I think will be taking the penalty kicks later on when it comes down to it. I think a lot of them were on the bench, you know, uh, Asante, Billy Forbes, Drogba—they all come to mind, and even Kavon Freighter. I think all of them, you know, w- when uh, when it comes down to it, I think they would be more likely to be taking our penalties. So just to see Johnson and Cortez confidently, you know, put those penalties in—that <laughs> was that was nice to see.
0: Yeah, that I was very nice to see. So, but all in all, I think you know, for for Phoenix Rising, a very successful trip to Ecuador to get time to train down there with the Ecuadorian national team. I mean, obvious to play at nine thousand plus feet. I mean that that in itself is, is definitely, you know, something to, to hang your hat on as well. Um but just just to see everything that happened down there. I mean, Didier Drogba being the the you know, the, the face of Phoenix Rising and the face of this game that, you know, everybody loves him and you know, after the match you're watching him toss his shoes up in the crowd. You watch him toss his, his practice jersey up in the crowd. I mean you, you had 3,000 people come and see him in a mall playing soccer tennis, you know, in the middle of the week. I mean, those things you wouldn't even dream of seeing here in the United States, but you see it over in Ecuador and, and the fans just went crazy. And, you know, like I, said, like I said, hats off to Phoenix Rising for pulling this off. Um, you know, it can do nothing but, you know, great things for them down the line.
1: Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, we, we expanded our brand abroad, you know, in another country. I'm I'm sure we earned quite a few fans down there in Ecuador, just from the uh, the match itself, you know. We put on a good performance. And then uh, the players, you know, they got to see how a first-class organization is run. And the facilities, you know, they got to experience all that. They got to play in front of over 30,000 people, which I'm sure was a first for many of those guys. So... I think just all in all, this trip was a lot of firsts for the guys, but it's going to be one of those experiences that they'll uh, be able to grow from and use for uh, into the future.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that wraps it up for the preseason game this week. Let's talk about some team news that uh, that came out this week. Uh, obviously the biggest piece of team news to hit, uh, the signing of, of former Swope Park Rangers and former New Zealand international star James Musa. Uh, to the lineup. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Musa fits into this club. Obviously, it's another midfielder in another midfield position. We've got a lot of midfielders on this roster. Um, you know, the big question becomes, where does he slot, and how does he fit into this roster?
1: Yeah, he seems to be one of those players that's kind of like for, like, Kevon Lambert. So you wonder if maybe we'll see him pair up with Lambert and they – dual defensive midfield or maybe uh maybe Lambert moves somewhere else. You don't really know.
0: Yeah. Definitely be interesting. I mean, we have talked about this a number of times throughout the preseason. The biggest concern to me has has always been the central defender position. You know, we all you know we know Duigi Mala's there. We knew Joe Farrell's there. We know Mike DeFont has gotten a lot of time there. But it seems like, you know, nine times out of ten marking has been an issue so far in this preseason where is that you know where does that put us as far as that position goes? I mean, are we gonna see two of those three guys paired together? Are we gonna see like somebody like a Musa or a Kivon Lambert move to the back and and help that defensive back core It's gonna be interesting to see here in the next couple of weeks
1: yeah, i mean it's it's possible I think I think the more likely it is to see Kevon Lambert slot back in that center back position and maybe Musa in the uh in the midfield, but maybe, you know, maybe Carterone knows something we don't. Maybe he's maybe Musa is gonna tr- try on his defender boots. Um I think this is gonna be something they tinker with in these uh closed door preseason matches this week. So we might not get to see it, but I think we'll get to see the results soon enough.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing it. Hopefully, uh, March seventeenth when they open the season against Orange County SC. So that'll, yep. that'll, that'll definitely be where the where the rubber meets the pavement. So. <laughs> yes. The other big piece of team news coming out this week, obviously, is Friday night Marquee Theater, uh, 2018 Jersey Reveals um you couldn't have picked a better location in in tempe to do this i mean to be able to get the facility is great to be able to to get talent to come in and and you have djs and you're going to have food and you're going to have drinks and you're going to have three jerseys revealed to you you're going to have a chance to get all three jerseys available that night um you know what a what a coup for for the the ownership group to pull this one off
1: yeah i mean this is we I don't know if everyone may not have witnessed it but I was at the uh, the four Peaks Jersey reveal last season and I mean they, the ownership group they did a great job at that so I can only expect even better this this season um being at the marquee yeah I think it's gonna be I think there's gonna be plenty of room for everyone I think that it's gonna be a great time i'm I'm personally hoping that we're gonna see uh customizable jerseys there on Friday. That's my one hope. Not only be able to buy the jerseys, but be able to get them customized and get a get a Drogba jersey or something like that. That'd be
0: really cool. Yeah, that might be interesting to see if that that's you know they can pull that off or not. So
1: yeah.
0: Well, that does it for the team news this week. Uh, we're going to move into uh, our supporters group questions for the week. Uh, our supporters group is now uh, joined by a new sponsor to the Rising is One podcast, the uh, Arizona Sports Complex. Uh, we're we're glad to have the Arizona Sports Complex on board as, as a new sponsor of the podcast. Uh, they will be sponsoring the the supporters group's questions every week. Uh, if you're looking for a place for for your soccer uh, for your indoor soccer play, uh, they have leagues available for for all ages, all groups. Uh, they also host the Arizona Impact indoor soccer team. Uh, get out there and support them. They are a great team to watch. I've been out to a couple of games myself, so uh it's great to have a a, a new supporter uh, on board with the Rising is one podcast in the Arizona Sports Complex.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you again. We're we're so excited to have a you know local sponsor and a sponsor that's so uh so near and dear to our to our audience. So it's really exciting. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, let's jump into the questions for this week. Uh Brandon at Brandon S. K. writes stadium renderings? Um. Well, I can't tell you a lot, Brandon, but I I can tell you I know they're still working on them. Um, I'm in contact with with Brett Johnson, one of the co-owners of the club. Uh, he's promised me that <clears throat> when the renderings come out, that they're gonna look beautiful, that they'll be available for everybody to see. I mean, we're gonna put it on our Firebird Rising website when they're when they're ready to go. Uh. There was supposed to be a meeting last week with the ownership group and with Populous. Uh, I have not heard anything further. I'll reach out to the ownership group this week. But, you know, I think it's probably at this point, it's probably just a lot of uh, dotting I's, crossing T's, making sure everything looks exactly the, the way they want it to when they're ready to release them.
1: Yeah and you know I mean this is this is a huge deal so these sorts of things take time you know there's there's contracts that have to be approved you know maybe maybe they're trying to figure out one last part of the design you know you really we don't know we could speculate all we want but i'm sure that as professional as this ownership group is they're just making sure that everything is covered all the bases are are uh, covered and when these renderings are released, I think we're all gonna be uh be very very surprised.
0: Yeah, I think we will be very surprised. So, thanks for that question. Uh, moving on, uh, Gilberto at Gilberto HDZ200 writes, "What match are the players looking forward to the most?" Uh, to me, I'm sure they're looking forward to every match. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to you want to be in every match possible. But I would probably say, for one, I would probably say they're looking at Swope Park for last year, you know, what happened last year at the end of the year. Um, uh, Kyle, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Swope, I think that's one that maybe not all the players because some of them might not have experienced that game, you know, but I mean, even if they hadn't, they'll, they'll know the history Um, that, that, and I mean, as a fan, that's one that I'm really looking forward to. And then just the home opener against OKC, I think every, every game we have against OKC, you know, it's always been a tightly contested. I always think back to that Sean Wright Phillips game winner and, Cody Larendi just dropping to his knees in pain. You know, that was that was enjoyable. So I think this OKC game, our home opener on the March 24th, that's one I'm looking forward to, and I think some players will be too.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there as well. All right, Pat Moses, at Goalie Man Pat. If you could add one player from the Phoenix Wolves slash Arizona United Days to the roster, who would it be and why? Uh, I'll let you take a stab at this first, Kyle.
1: So, it might not make the most sense, being how overloaded our midfield is, but I have to say Luke Rooney, um, I just think he kind of embodied what a captain meant. I mean, his on-the-play field, he he just gave his all, and not many fans got to talk to him. I got to chat with him once, and I mean, he was just a class guy. Um, it was just disappointing to see him leave the way he did with that long-term injury. You know, I mean, he was he was Phoenix Rising's first goal scorer, so that, that was something that he'll always uh, be able to have. But I think it makes sense that he's moved on. I think he probably wanted to move back to England and go play there. And I, like I said, our midfield is just uh, stacked with talent. So it would be nice to see him here, but uh, I'm
0: happy that he's still continuing to play somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, strange that he found himself playing in a in a seventh division tier back in England, but, you know, I, I think probably a lot of that has to do with, you know, he loves being back at home, I'm sure, and just the fact that he's probably playing soccer again is probably, you know, great for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's decided to go home and play for his local club. You know, yeah. we really don't know uh, yeah. what went into that decision.
0: Yeah. Well, if I had to choose one player, for me – and if you look at the current situation the way everything's sitting on our roster, I really wish I could have Uchenna Uzo back on the a, on a club. I mean, a bruising center back who just didn't take nothing from nobody. I mean, I remember all the times he would stand up Oklahoma City players, and it, it, it's like they would bounce off of him like he was a piece of rubber. You know, I mean, <laughs> I just, I miss seeing that. You know, I miss seeing that part of, of this club. You know, I don't get me wrong, I think Deweiji Ma is a great player, I think Joe is great, I think, you know, Mike Defont's gonna be a good player. But I miss having that big, huge, bruising body right in the middle where where you're battling for every play. I mean I mean he was he was definitely a great player. I hated to see when he broke his leg, you know, a couple of years back. And for whatever reason, whether it was just that he he couldn't find a spot on the roster or whether he was just fearful of coming back from the injury or whatever it may have been, you know, it just, it was a shame we never really got to fully see a chance to, to see him play again.
1: Yeah, he, he never made a comeback after that injury, unfortunately. You know, it, it always seemed like he was, even when he was on the field, it didn't seem like he was fully there. So uh, it's disappointing to see him leave. I... I uh I wonder if maybe Carter Owen will be looking back at some of that film and wondering if he should be reaching out to him. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice to see him make yeah. a return. But, uh, yeah, no, he's definitely one of those players that we, we're missing right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, we thank Pat for that question. Moving on, Strong Potato at Strong underscore potato asks, for new fans of Phoenix Rising, do we have a rival team? Is there a team that seems to beat us regularly despite having the better squad? We'll start there first. Um, I don't necessarily know that we have a rival team. I, know, I mean, I know we have teams that, that always play us good. I mean, you mentioned Oklahoma City. Always, We always play tough games against them. I mean, the last couple of years, we've played tough games against uh, San Antonio. Um, I would say in the early days... You know, if you're going way back when, I mean, Los Dos was always one of those fierce rivals just because they're L.A. You know, but it's 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 not the same with them in the last couple of years because they're, I guess, their style of play and, you know, they're bringing up academy players and stuff like that. It, it, You know, it's not quite as same as what it used to be, but I mean, I don't know that they have a true rival yet
1: yeah I don't think that's really developed. I know I think one one rivalry that people will be looking to is us in Las Vegas, you know, just being proximity um but yeah i don't I wouldn't say that we have a true rival right now I mean the the one that would come to mind like you mentioned slope just because of last season, and i mean we've we've had a few uh tightly contested contests against them, so yeah, maybe slope, but right now, I don't think we really have a specific rival, yeah.
0: And then strong potato also asks also what can we expect from Devin Vega where does he sit in the depth chart I don't know that we know where he sits in the depth chart but you know we've seen a lot of good things from Devin Vega here in the preseason obviously you know a couple of times he's hooked up with with uh, Kevon freighter you know for some good goals I think he's struggling to find a spot on the roster you know to to find himself in the starting 11 maybe could he find himself in his way to the 18 I think he probably could you know but I'm you know I think a lot is going to depend on tactics and a lot could depend on this next you know two weeks as to okay where does Kevon Lambert play where is James Musa going to slot in do we get another defensive you know center back I mean all different kinds of questions, which could change a lot of things coming down the line here shortly.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces right now, it seems like, with our lineup. You know, we don't really have a set, uh, for sure, starting eleven. Um, I, you know, I kind of just wonder where Vega's going to be. I think I see him kind of in a super sub role. Um I think we've seen his connection with Freighter, so maybe maybe if Freighter comes on, then we see Vega come on shortly after and we see more from them. I don't think he's in the starting 11 yet, but, I mean, he could easily prove us all wrong. He's had two assists so far in preseason, and they've been two awesome assists. So if he keeps it up, I, I think
0: he'll have to play. Yeah, definitely. All right, next question comes from the Vibe at Justin Vibs. He says, Sam was talking about rules regarding internationals during the U.S. Open Cup. Could you explain those rules and pick a roster that we could play that follows those rules? Well, I'm not totally sure what the rules are uh, on that. Um, We were trying to figure that out this week. I mean, there was some. I had made a comment on Twitter looking at, you know,. You know, it was it had to pertain to the Open Cup, and I had thought for a moment we were saying we weren't playing in the Open Cup because we had too many internationals. But apparently there is a rule that says you can only play X number. Now, whether that means X number per game, whether that means X number during the entire tournament, um, that's something I'll probably reach out to Sam this week and, and get for sure. So probably a better answer for that may come next week when we talk about uh, this question, you know, a little bit further in depth but um yeah i'm not sure how the rules work as far as regarding the open cup goes
1: yeah i'm not certain either i can i can definitively answer that question that is a good question because we we are a team with a lot of international talent you know i mean i can think i honestly think we probably have more international guys than we do uh, non international so That's something that's definitely going to affect us. Hopefully uh, we'll get an answer back from Sam. I'll be interested to hear what that is.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the final question this week comes from Joseph Lowry at Joe in Cleats. Uh, Will we see Musa deployed alongside Lambert or in a rotation with Lambert? Will we see a formation with two defined defensive midfielders? well i mean this this again begs to the question of of you know what kind of formation we're gonna see from Carterone and if we're gonna see any defensive changes in the next two weeks in the last couple of preseason games I mean you know, could Musa and Lambert be that defensive midfielder roles in a in a four two three one Sure, it could be you know could we see Musa along the back line in the back four that's possible too I mean. I'm not sure where where Musa fits in this whole grand scheme of things. You know, we talked about it earlier. You know, when we announced his, when we, when they announced the signing, but I I think it's going to depend on what we see in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think Carterone probably has an idea of how he would like to use Musa. Um and I, I mean it probably is likely it's him and Lambert next to each other in that defensive midfield we've seen. He he likes to use that formation a lot. Um but, I mean, you know, I think Musa's is also kind of one of those versatile players that he could maybe be used in a couple places. So, I don't think Carterone is going to stick to one formation all season. So, maybe if he decides to switch it up tactically, uh, Musa comes in for Lambert or slots in somewhere else. I think that, yeah, time will tell. Um, we, we're still got a couple more games in preseason. So, I think he's going to tinker with the, the lineup. And hopefully by uh, March 17th, we have a better better grasp on who our starting 11 is going to be. Yeah, I
0: definitely agree with you there. That that wraps it up for this week's supporters group questions sponsored by the Arizona sports complex. We thank them for their support uh, of the rising is one podcast. Let's move on to some USL league news for this week. Um, The big news coming out of the league this week is the announcement Friday that uh, El Paso, Texas will be getting a USL team in 2019 uh, this obviously is is definitely setting up as you see more teams showing up in the central part of the United States that this is going to beckon for the three conference alignment starting in 2019.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you can already see it forming on the map from the past few announcements um, with Memphis and the Bethlehem Legion and O'Malley, uh, well, El Paso. I mean, they're all kind of centrally located uh, cities, so I think we all knew it was a matter of time just with the at the sheer numbers of teams that we have right now, you know to have a a twenty team western conference would be a little a little crazy, so it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as playoff positions and just inter conference play but it's it's also exciting you know to see this league grow so quickly and it's it's still been sustainable growth so far so it's
0: it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, El Paso, obviously, the you know, the ownership group in El Paso, uh, you've got the, the owners of the El Paso Chihuahuas of of Triple A baseball. You're seeing a lot more triple A uh baseball owners start to get involved in the league. I mean, we've we've seen the trend in Louisville, we've seen the trend now in in Reno with the Reno eighteen sixty eight FC along with Reno Ace's you know, the Pacific coast league. And now you're seeing it and, you know, you're seeing it in Las Vegas too, with the Las Vegas 51s as well as, you know, Las Vegas lights FC playing at Cashman field. So, I mean, you're, you're starting to see a kind of, kind of a little bit of a rebirth of, of soccer being played again in baseball stadiums. I mean, obviously it didn't quite work for Phoenix rising slash Arizona United. you know, when they were set up at Peoria or at Scottsdale stadium, um, but obviously it's it's starting to work in other places, which is good to see, and like you said, Kyle, it grows the game of soccer. I mean, you can't help but think you know good things are ahead, like you said, you've got Memphis, you've got Birmingham coming in, you've got Austin returning to the league in twenty nineteen you know with with their team, you know, who knows how that that all plays out, especially with Columbus. Uh, yeah. Of MLS, yep. you know, moving possibly to Austin, you know, does that kick off you know, does does Austin then become a you know, one of those two teams who you know, who never knows that,
1: how that works. Yeah, a D three kind of two team. That's that's kinda of one question I've been having to. I think I think Columbus I think Columbus is gonna impact Cincinnati's bid. I think I think it even affects our bid in a way. You know, everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens with that team because if Austin gets an MLS team, I think it it changes the MLS map quite a bit. So it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah,
0: def- definitely is going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And obviously we won't know a lot of that till probably somewhere in the middle of the year. And, you know, we're still even waiting to hear on, on MLS 26, you know, yep. is that going to be Cincinnati, Sacramento, or, or, or Detroit? you know and there's there's not even a timetable for that right now which is which is interesting in itself i mean you know we we had, we begged the question a couple of weeks ago did phoenix play themselves back into it probably not but you know they they've probably played themselves back in for 27 or 28 you know but you know phoenix adding that extra owner while these other teams haven't really done a whole lot to bolster their bid you know who knows if anything's changed there
1: I mean, Nashville kind of came out of nowhere. You know, they won that press war, but they, their uh, their bid came together sort of at the last minute. It seems so. I think it's possible. I mean, we would. I think we'd need to see another big move from Phoenix to see that happen. And I think we would need to see somewhere, else, someone else like Cincinnati, have something not go their way. Um yeah I kind of agree we're probably still at 27 28 but I mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be hopeful of 26 you know maybe right. maybe with these renderings MLS sees something they like and they say hey let's let's make it happen now so exactly. we'll see what happens
0: Definitely definitely we will see what happens so That kind of does it for the the league news obviously the only other real league news going around this week is obviously the last week of preseason you know everybody's starting to finalize their there are rosters for the season, you know, coming down to these these last games, playing against each other. Um, you know, obviously the big thing is, you know, just making sure everybody stays healthy as, as you hit this stretch. So
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see any unnecessary injuries right now. You know, you want everyone to make it into the season healthy and start off on the right foot. So it's it's all about just maintaining your fitness and finishing the preseason strong and getting ready to uh getting ready to start this season.
0: Yeah we'll roll into some final thoughts here as we, we get ready to wrap up this, this episode of the podcast. I mean, obviously the, you know, the, the big week is here for Phoenix rising when it comes to, first of all, a Jersey reveal. I mean, it's going to be great to see what they're going to be playing in, in 2018. Obviously the other big thing, the, uh, the other big hurdle is the, you know, the closed door match later this week, uh, against Oklahoma city energy. Um, you know, like we just said a minute ago, the biggest thing you want to hope for is that no injuries come out of this match. You're safe. You're ready to go. Um, You know, orange County's right around the corner and, you know, you want to be at full strength as you start the season. Nothing, you know, nothing serious to, to, to hamper, you know, what we think will probably be a very deep run this year for this Phoenix rising squad.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we have so much to look forward to we just want to start start the season off right um, as you said I think this team can make a, a really deep run there's no question we have more depth than last year I think and we have we have a lot of youth too so I think that gives us a lot of potential maybe maybe we won't start the season off as great but I think over the course of the season I think we'll have a really strong season
0: I definitely agree with you there. Well, that does it for this episode of the Rising is One podcast. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, we'll have Dominic back next week in the chair to to get things going for us, and uh, we'll get ready to preview week one of the USL season with the opening match at Orange County SC. Uh, we'll wrap up any other news. We'll talk about the jersey re- release you know, from the party on Friday night, and uh, we'll talk about any other news that, that breaks during the week. And so... You know we'll be ready to roll for the 2018 season. So for for Jeff Went and Kyle Mackey, uh, we thank you for listening. Have a great week and go rising. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.